Hey everyone, welcome back to the Far Flung Tin Can Podcast. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today we're going to listen to part two of Operating in the Prophetic. If you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to go ahead and pause this here in a second and go find part one because it is awesome and it prefaces a lot of what we're going to be talking about here in part two. So go ahead and make sure you also share this with all your friends, give it a like, and that's it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll catch you at the end. Hey, this is Brian Lindsay, and this is the Far Flung Tin Cam Podcast. We are going to jump into a second segment, um, a continuation of an episode where we talked about the prophetic and missions. And it was so topical. We never really got into all the great stories where we've seen really supernatural works mm-hmm. in the mission field. And I'm excited about this episode because I know these guys have some stories of God doing great things and I haven't heard them. So I'm excited. I'm here with the director of Far Flung Tin Can. And his name is bum, bum, bum. Kyle. I didn't know if you were setting it up or if. And yeah. next to me is. A guy drinking coffee, who I love to travel with. Maybe my favorite person to actually travel with. Sorry, Marion. <laughs> <laughs> That's his wife. There's, for those of you that yeah. there's, <laughs> she fits categories of other favorites. Yes. <laughs> but my favorite travel buddy is Gary Keelan. Hello out there, everybody. <laughs> Um, if you want to go back and, and watch the previous podcast, please do. You can get an explanation of this wide mouth hippo that is Sitting on the couch. Um, we talk about it in the previous podcast. Not extensively, but it is mentioned. Yeah. It's and, actually uh, probably like in the background of anything we film in here. Like you mm-hmm. might be able to spot it. Uh, typically, I put it more prominent in War Bay moves it because he doesn't like it <laughs> when i bought it i was really excited and he was like i hate that you can find him at hobby lobby no i World got market it was like it was one of those like facebook got me they're like hey you would like this and i was like you're right <laughs> and i bought it <laughs> okay so when facebook gives you an ad or amazon or 80, whatever i bought one last night 80 like, percent of the time they get they get if me. they get you are you like thank you facebook that is exactly or are you mad that they're listening both you are both but man they they nail it and then the other 20 percent of the time i get why they suggested like okay this isn't me like i get a lot of like foraging bags (laughs) and i'm like okay i can i can see why you thought that this was a a good advertisement it's not but i um i get it because my algorithm is probably weird um gary you think like Facebook's listening. All these people are listening. What kind of ads do you see? Do you see do you like workout ads? Creatine. You, Creatine. Mean, <laughs> you mean there's ads that actually fit kind of my buying habits? No, but what, you, what you're saying, your microphone on your phone is listening. 
Not the microphone in front of you. The one in your phone is listening. You haven't noticed that the ads on your Instagram and Facebook are like okay, mentioning things you mentioned. I'm like, how come this keeps popping up? <laughs> it, it, seriously, it's it had, workout videos, workout. This, yes, it's uh, hearing you on TV. Try, let's try this. Let's try it saying Gadgets. something random and see if it shows up on your phone today. Um, let's try um, toilet paper. Do you have toilet paper at home? Yes. Tell me. Tell me how many. Try to use the word toilet paper as much as you can. Toilet paper, toilet paper, toilet paper. Do you, I mean, how many rolls of toilet paper do you have in your house, do you think, right now? Uh, probably. In a full sentence. 40. 40 what? 40 rolls. Of what? Jumbo rolls. Of what? Rolls. Of what? Angels. 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 Angels soft toilet paper. Yeah. Toilet my paper. My household is very specific. If I come home with anything other than, you know, we're Can you even say, could you say for me, soft. man, I really need to buy some toilet paper. Man, I really need to buy some toilet paper. Okay. Well, uh, we'll check you just that. flipped me off. <laughs> you see that, Brian? That was one okay. of those Freudian. Right. That's a Freudian slip for those of you. That, okay, that's like, that's why you gotta. Like, watch, that's why you gotta watch the YouTube version of the show. I did not. <laughs> I didn't mean. I didn't mean to flip him off. <laughs> he did not mean to. Okay, but it did happen. Kyle's sanctified and holy, yeah. sanctified holy. So oh, let me know. Text me later. We'll try to put it in the Instagram stories when this episode comes out. Whether okay. or not you got ads for okay. toilet paper. Yeah, I'm thankful. That's when say, hey, say, say it real ad. close to your phone. Like say it real close to your your phone, real quick. <laughs> say it. toilet paper. Okay, there you go. So today we're going to talk about the prophetic and hearing from the voice of God. Yeah. Just like your phone hears what you talk about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I so want to, I want to, I want to. That's a good analogy. I want to preface Look at that transition. I want to preface it this. I was going to say in the last one and we didn't, we just ran out of time. But if you're coming on a trip with us and you really want to follow the voice of the Lord and, and, and maybe have a word, or maybe you feel like a, a directive from God. I would much rather, if you're on a far flung trip, this is why I'm saying it, because you might be listening to this and you end up on a trip with me. I would rather you be bold and zealous and get it wrong. Don't want you to get it wrong, but I would rather you get it wrong than act in pride and do nothing. Mm. On, yes. on a far flung trip, I would much rather, there is grace. To get it wrong and to practice and to just admit, man, I thought this is what the Lord was saying. And uh, I would much rather work with someone like that than who is working in pride, which self-consciousness is pride, um, and not saying what they had. I wish I remembered the quote. I, would, I should have texted her. Cheryl, uh, who's a pastor, Cheryl, who's, a, who's connected with Farflung, she had a great, I would listen to a thing she had on on words she had a great thing it was man i don't even know the quote pretty much saying like you know we've all had it where the lord kind of told us something and we didn't say it and then it comes to pass or somebody else says it and they're like man the lord told me that and you didn't say it and they're like yes. god gets no glory from that you know uh, he told you that for a reason but you just didn't act on it yeah yeah anyways preacher girl podcast yeah is what, her every, podcast with preacher Pastor girl Cheryl. tv Something like that. Look it up. Look up uh, Preacher Girl on all platforms, and um, you'll be blessed. Even yeah. if you're not, and a you preacher don't have girl. to be a girl. 
I think the preacher, preacher girl is not for only preacher girls. It's that Pastor Cheryl is preacher girl. She's preacher girl. And you're listening and you're going to be blessed. <laughs> you don't have to be a preacher girl. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm getting a, like, I'm just seeing Gary listening to preacher girl podcast. <laughs> now, no, I'm thinking he's going to get all these ads for preacher girl, preacher girl because we've said preacher girl too many times. Okay, um, I want to say this as we jump into stories from the mission field. Um, if you listen to the last podcast, we talked about the the nature of prophetic ministry moments, words. Um, I want to broaden that scope and say I'd like for you guys to share, even if you weren't there, but but you can share stories of things that have happened with us or our teams that are like evidence of the supernatural. Not mm-hmm. just this was prophetic. Um, so like evidence where, you know, man, the Lord supernaturally um, worked in our team, in our schedule, in a message, in prayer. It's kind of like a, so super. So stories of the supernatural we've seen take place on the mission field. And I'm going to start and say, you know, Gary, um, wh- what are some of those stories where you've seen on the mission field where God just showed up? And if you don't have one, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to prime, prime the pump okay. and ask you to talk about something. Yeah, <laughs> probably wanting to talk about the Amazon. No. No. Okay. No. Um, you guys came back from Peru talking about the power of the Lord and how God just orchestrated this moment on the mountain where just hundreds of people over the course of an entire day walk through receiving prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my like jealous moments where I'm like, man, I wish I was on this trip. I've only got a couple of those, but now it's one of them. Um, that day, can you kind of like, kind of, kind of tell us like about what that was, what happened, how you saw God move and work? Was it easy? Did was it difficult? Were you surprised? Did you expect it? Uh, and Kyle was there, so he can jump in too. Yeah, one one of the, uh, I think this was actually not the last trip, but the one prior to it. Um, Kyle and uh, Francisco and um, help me, Kyle. Leo. Leo. Uh, you know, Kyle decided that they're going to go to the top of this. You know, it's mountains within mountains. Uh, you know, you're at 16,000 feet, but you can look above you, and there's another mountain. And uh, they go up there, and it, I'll never forget this. It was on Sunday Sunday morning, and Kyle had to sneak off because he knew I'd get to wanting to go up there. And we had a bigger team that time. Mm-hmm. And we had females, I think, for the first time, and mm-hmm. we were kind of had our concerns there. But, uh, you know, he told Marion – you know, we're going to go to the top of the mountain. Don't tell Gary. Tell him 30 know. minutes. Yeah, tell him 30 minutes. And your concerns so, about having females were mostly because it's a dangerous environment. And there's like 50,000 men. Yes. And sex trafficking. On this mountain and stuff. And yes. so, yeah. not because we're afraid of females. Right. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. that's a good clarification. <laughs> Absolutely. It's uh, we, we didn't know if it was a place for females or not. For, yeah, safety. For safety reasons. But uh, anyway... You know, I thought, well, you know, I, I wished I had got to go up there. But, you know, God had this thing orchestrated, uh, you know, and that day we probably had seen more people receive Christ than we'd seen on any of the previous trips. But 
here's kind of what was going on. You know, they're up on top of this mountain and just like Moses, Aaron and her going to the top of the mountain and Joshua was in the valley, uh, slaying the Amalekites because, you know, they were interceding over the battle. And so I felt like that day, that's exactly what was going on, going on is they hiked up to the top of this peak and they got up there and began to do intercessory prayer. And then it's almost like they had their hands up and the battle was being won because that was the day that we got to actually meet the governor mm-hmm. of that providence that showed up. We had no clue that wow. they were going to do a civil ceremony. So we started our services and they actually asked us to kind of push pause, pull our equipment back. We stepped back and of course we honored them and their culture and the way they do things. And there was a couple of political speeches and that kind of thing. We, we had no clue who these people were. And so then Marion was able to meet the governor and begin a conversation. I think that there's going to be something that comes out of that relationship, mm-hmm. but we ended up getting basically a key to the city. And he said, you don't mind if I hang out and, and kind of watch what you guys are doing. I like what you're doing. I just want to see more and learn more. He actually set through a message that I ended up preaching and saw us actually giving a quote altar call or ministering and getting that line started. And he watched the people in Loren Canada line up in a line and watched us begin to pray for them. And in that culture, if you want prayer, you have to pay for it. Uh, you have to bring something to get anybody to pray for you. And so a lot of these people actually had money in their hand. We told them, put this thing's free, but it wasn't cheap. Put your money up in your pocket. We're going to pray for you. Uh, you don't pay for this. And so their eyes would pop open and we'd begin to pray, pray for them. But then that day, though, a lot of supernatural things began to take place that no man could orchestrate. We we couldn't have planned this. Uh, God orchestrated that day. And that day we saw several, um, I think, you know, on that particular trip, there were, there were I think, 372 people that ended up receiving Christ mm-hmm. for the whole trip. But that day we saw well over 100 receive Christ. There, there were more miracles happening for whatever reason on that day. But I believe it was a direct result of them going to the top of that mountain and praying and interceding. And then that kind of like opened a portal, if you will, for supernatural things to take place. And, you know, a lot of people say the word supernatural and they make a lot out of it. And if you break that word down, it simply means super being above supernatural, meaning that which is above natural and our natural surroundings. We, we, we interact with our atmosphere and our surroundings by our five senses. You know, it's touch, it's taste. It's what I see, what I hear. It's, it's all the five senses. And, uh, so supernatural is something operating in a realm above the five senses. And I think that realm is the realm we're supposed to be living in anyway. So, uh, and operating in, but yet we, we tend to stay in a comfortable, comfortable place where it has to make sense, Mm -hmm. has to feel right, has to sound right. And it has to look right when God is not going to be, you you know, we always say, put God in a box. Well, that's impossible. You you might be in a box, but he's not, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes we grieve the spirit, quench the spirit, resist the spirit, uh, all that's in the Bible, we're commanded not to do that. And when we would let the spirit operate, he has what's best for us. And I think, you know, that day, uh, those things, I don't think would have happened if they hadn't climbed that mountain and began to intercede. <clears throat> the, the, the the liberty I felt, the, the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the things that went on evangelistically, the prophetic evangelism, 
that gift was being released through different people. Uh, Jonathan and Sam and JT were on this trip and Meg. And I saw them uh, operating and getting more boldness than than, yeah. than their natural personality <clears throat> uh, projects. These are all people that are kind of reserved. And I, I was like, wow, look at this. And look over here. JT's got a prayer line going. Sam's got one. There were multiple prayer lines going and people operating and, and, you know, and Jonathan was running around trying to translate for all of us. And Marion was over here trying to translate a message I was preaching. All this was going on in parallel. And to the American church, you'd say that's out of order and that's chaotic. But yet in God's, it was absolutely in order. What we thought might be, be labeled out of order in North America was absolutely in order. Supernatural things were happening. I well, you that. didn't have oh, anybody, yeah. inter- you know, interrupting each other and yeah. and, and cross you know, it yeah. was, it oh, was, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was all, wasn't chaotic, it was, it was yeah, in order, it was but separated. Yeah. It was, and, yeah. And I'll say that's the zoomed out version of what happened. I'll give you my zoomed in version. Okay. Yes. Which, so someone sees that story like, oh, wow. There was, you know, the, the epicness of it. And in reality, in my, in what was going on with me the day before, I'm praying, I'm videoing, doing my things. I look up, I see the mountain. <laughs> I need to go up there and pray. <laughs> uh, forget it. Go up there and do a, and do a couple of things. Look back up there. It's just fixated on that mountain. Hmm. Maybe even started with that. Just kept point, uh, noticing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I need to go up there? And then the next morning, I'm like, looking at it again. Maybe I should go up there. Well, well, we're supposed to be down here praying, right? fighting it, fighting it. And finally, I'm like, ah, just forget it. I'm just, I'm getting annoyed by it. You know, I'm just, I'm just fixated. I'm gonna go up there and pray. That's it, mm-hmm. right? That's all you That's got. That's it. That's the part. Yeah. That's it. That's what Brian talked about in earlier. And then episode. everything else is going That's on and happening and epics and God brings it together. And then on my end, I didn't have all the picture, didn't have all those things. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. All I had was, I should go up there and pray. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, looking at that story, Marion meeting people of influence, governors, mm-hmm. and then also like you see operations of spiritual gifts, whether it's gift of healing or word of knowledge and people in prayer lines and all that stuff happening. Um, I think it's important, like while we go on mission trips or in services expecting God to do great things, we're not we don't have like a little clicker where we're like trying to measure the miraculous. Ooh, there's one miracle, That's two miracle, good. three miracles, four miracle, five, right, six, right. seven, eight. I, I, because God's got nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. Right, right. He's not. He's not operating. God's not choosing to do miraculous things to prove anything to us. But like, just in awe and in humility, we get to experience this. This um, specifically, where we see like this kind of like supernatural guidance above our own schedule. I want to go to DC and I want to meet several of the ambassadors from Africa. If I reach out to them and schedule meetings, that was wise. That was strategic. Wasn't supernatural. Come on. If I happen to be flying to Houston and they seat me beside a ambassador to Mozambique and I get to meet him. Ah, now that's different. That was like, this was where the Lord was strategically moving things around. Use your, use your quote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We say that God orchestrates better than man can manipulate. And I say Farflung sees God work in this way a lot. Yes. Where our schedules, 
our timetables, the things that we are trying to do, the Lord is orchestrating on our behalf. Um, Kyle, I think about this moment where me and you are in Thailand and we're, we're ministering with Charlie, we're doing our film and suddenly we find out there's like this crazy connection between you and Charlie. Uh Right. Mm -hmm. That was, that was absolutely wild to me. Mm -hmm. How you see, see, I think that's supernatural. When you see how God has woven all of our stories together and connected us, I'm like, wow, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And and like describe that because I I don't I won't get the details right. Yeah. And that's again, you know, I believe a lot of the ways we walk in the prophetic is it's sometimes it's not uh uh just you know a word from the Lord. It's it's the Lord setting up our lives and us saying a bunch of small yeses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's That's really good. And so 2000, I'll give you this. 2012, the Lord gave Dethra, myself, a few others. I can't remember the others. Uh, dreams. We are in Thailand. I write it down. We're called to Thailand. I had a vision um, that we were cutting, me and Tyler, cutting through the bushes. Uh, and, and we're in a, in a jungle. And I knew, Lord didn't say Thailand. I just knew it was Thailand. Yeah. I saw it. Oh, that's Thailand. Cutting through mm-hmm. to get to villages. We start singing, Come Lord Jesus. And uh, this is before we recorded Come Lord Jesus. And um, and then they started worshiping. And stuff. So um, 2012, 2016, I'm at a Super Bowl party. And all up until then, I, I interviewed probably 20 missionaries in Thailand. I'm listening. I'm asking. I'm try, I'm leaning in. I'm not going to make it happen. None of them just fell to pull. I go to a Super Bowl party. A new guitar player at a church says, hey, someone told me you're looking for missionaries in Thailand. I got a buddy whose dad who's been there for a long time. All right, let's, <clears> let's <throat> Zoom him. The next day we Zoom him. He's just telling me things and it's just just feels good. I said, you guys ever like, you know, go to villages? Cause they do orphan work, coffee mm-hmm. work. He said, Oh man, we've been doing it for so long. We used to have to cut through with machetes, you know, and that was my vision. Mm. Wasn't a confirmation, but I felt, okay, that's another thing. There was still not a, a 100%. There wasn't like, this is it, but it felt good enough. that I'm like, all right, I think this is it. That's it. No mutual connections besides a guitar player I just met at a Super Bowl party. Yeah. But it felt right. We pay a lot of money. We assemble a team. We fly to Thailand. We're in a truck. We're doing pre-interview questions. How did you get saved? How did you meet your wife? How did you do this? How did you get trained in ministry? He's like, well, I did an internship in Guatemala. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. I'm thinking, oh, I've got connections to Guatemala. He's like, yeah. He's just raving about this missionary and he said, man, this missionary believed so much, the voice of God. God told him that there's water, there's a well. And he dug like 300 feet into the ground. He's like, they were sending these guys down in so pulleys, good. digging, digging down. And, and and everybody kept telling him, there's no water. They dug 300 feet down into the ground, hit water. That wa- and that, that well still providing water to the campus. He's telling me this great story about the voice of God. I am looking at him like he's a ghost <laughs> because I've realized he's talking about my father-in-law wow. that I've never met who died oh in a plane goodness. crash 20 years earlier. 
So he does his internship and just, and about 10 years after the internship, he dies in a plane crash. I never get to meet my father-in-law. And then my wife has told me these stories and missions and all this stuff. So here I am in Thailand with a guy that I know from a guitar player at a oh, Super Bowl that. party. He's telling me about my father-in-law who I've never met, whose life was devoted to missions. I'm learning missions from my missionary father-in-law I've never met on the opposite side of the world with a guy I met because of a Super Bowl party. And God aligned all that together. And you couldn't, you couldn't, or, you know, manipulate that. You couldn't set that up. And the Lord didn't give us those details. He probably could have made it work out. He gave us those details, but he allowed us to walk in faith. Yeah. He allowed us to take risk. You know, he, he had the ability to line it up and just say, this is it. But I think he likes the chase. He likes us, op, you know, yeah. taking a risk, believing, trusting in ourselves, trusting in the spirit that's in us. And then he gets to show his magic trick at the end and be like, yeah, yeah, you got it. And that's a faith booster that you are walking in the prophetic. Trust your, trust wow. the spirit within you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I remember being in a truck, like watching that, like watching you and Charlie talking and seeing all this and thinking, this is not real. Like, there's no way. Cause he's saying, yeah, Zirkle. And Kyle's like, <laughs> what? And I remember like this, what, what? Like, no way. This can't be. And that that ministry in Thailand, um, Charlie, here, here, here's a ministry that has seen a lot of supernatural works. I remember we were in the village and he was talking about their ministry where they bring medicine to these remote tribes. Mm -hmm. these people very remote that don't get a lot. And so there was a village that they worked in. I remember we went and filmed there. And Charlie said... <clears throat> They had taken, they had a lot of medicine, antibiotics, stuff like that. And there was a lot of really, really sick people there. But some people were so sick, they couldn't get there. So you have some villages wow. that are so far out and the people are too sick to get to where Charlie is. And so Charlie decides we're going to take the leftover medicine we have and send it back to those villages that we couldn't reach. So when they go, when Charlie returns, and gets reports um, they're talking about that they were so thankful that they sent the medication back with the village. They noticed this this really strange phenomenon, right? That everyone who got medicine and was prayed for, everyone who got medicine and was prayed for got better. Mm -hmm. They were healed. And, and Charlie, he tells a story. You can watch it in the film. He tells the story of the little girl who like had like her arm was filled with this infection where her skin had turned spongy and they were just like cutting away the, the infected flesh. And he says, you mean even the girl with the arm was healed? And they're like, all of them. What they found is everyone who only got medicine without prayer remained sick. So that that entire village wow. decided to give their heart to the God that the missionaries prayed to. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So you have these blatantly supernatural moments where it's it's a healing, it's prayer, it's divine, blinded eyes open. Um, you see those moments and, and they're supernatural. But but the Lord is not limited to that. We also see like how the Lord weaves our stories together. Yeah. Um, and how. What's crazy too is that man 
you know, your father-in-law, his name was? Jim Zirkle. Yeah. He had no idea when he was pouring into Charlie that Charlie would later pour into his son-in-law. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a beautiful keep, thing keep for God up. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of my favorite stories is we're having this just blowout service in the Amazon. You know, when we do our together projects, we've got people from every continent and we've got a lot of language barriers. And um, I love how God's like, that's not an issue. And I was kind of just being in a supportive role and helping pray for um, a family. And you and Mama Maria, who's from Africa, who only speaks Changana and Portuguese, and there's no English, zero English, and Brian knows zero Portuguese. They're like, hey, let's pray for this family together. And um, what to explain what happens. Yeah. Um, it was, man, it was such a, such a great night. And this, this young boy um, that, that was there that we were praying for, as I began to pray for him, uh, you know, it, it was very evident that there was some, some spiritual bondage in his life. There were some things that, you know, I, I don't know if it was related to like false worship or idolatry mm. or what, but as I began to pray for him, um, and I wasn't like knocking him down and screaming in his face. I was just praying, just, just, you know, uh, he began to like writhe, like his arms, he began to like move and I'm not even Control. touching him. Yeah. He begins to move. Um, and it almost doesn't look human. And he, and I notice he takes his hands and he puts his hands behind his back as if he's handcuffed. Wow. And so like, I, and I'm not sure like what's going on. Maybe he's just, so like I, I kind of grab his hands to hold hands with him and pray. And when I do that, he jerks him away again and he moves him behind his back, like wrist together as if he's handcuffed. And so, man, I begin to see this and I'm, and I'm watching this and I begin to shift in prayer because this is a moment where this young man needs deliverance. Yes. You know, now whether you want to call this demonic possession or oppression or whatever, I wasn't so much trying to define it as deliver it. Come on. You know, I'm not looking for the definition. I'm looking right. for the deliverance. And then I'll let other people worry about the definition yeah. of it all. They can yeah, rehash it at the end. Yeah. The and so I'm beginning to pray for him. And like Mama Maria is re- really, really close. And, and for she just all of a sudden she just appears and we're both praying for him. Now, we couldn't talk. I couldn't say, man, like this boy needs to be delivered. But we're and we're just both praying at the same time. And like I had the most bizarre encounter with the Holy Spirit as mm-hmm. I'm praying in tongues. And for for some reason, I just decided, well, I, man, this this young boy needs deliverance. I begin to declare in English. I've been saying, you know, deliverance, deliverance, freedom, freedom. Mm-hmm. And I remember being convicted of the Holy Spirit and saying, let me pray through you. I'll do this better than you will. Mm-hmm. Let me pray. Wow. Um, now, for those who who might watch this and you don't believe in all this, and you know this, if you're a Christian, you already believe in an invisible God you can't oh, see. Come on, preach. You already believe in an invisible God you can't see that created the world, that had a son that died on the cross and resurrected to forgive your sins. You're already bonkers. <laughs> yeah. You're already out there. You're already on the creek bank. Just like, jumping. Man, you're, you're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like you're so some people try to act like, well, I I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in all that supernatural stuff. No, no, no. You can't believe in Jesus and not believe 
I'm not asking you to accept things that are just foolishness. Because we talked about that in the last episode. But me and Mama Maria, we're praying. So we're praying for this kid. All of a sudden, he like, he collapses on the ground as if he's paralyzed. And like in the South, we call it playing possum. (laughs) He was playing possum. And so I remember Kyle, I think, is there at this point. Celia walks by and you ask Celia, like, what is Mama praying? Yeah, what is she saying? What is she saying in Changana? And she's praying. What was it? Um, oh, at that point, she was saying, um, oh, shoot. I think she was saying out, right? Yeah, something like that. Like, get out or yeah. be free. Um, so this boy like falls out now in Pentecostal churches, when you fall out, that's great. That's a good thing. That's the, that's the sign, man. Something big. Yeah, move on to the next they person. Out, move on to the next one. Come on. We blowing on them. <laughs> you know, but this was not the case. And I say stand up because I felt like, mm. like it was almost like this ploy of let's just play dead. They'll move on and pray for someone else. And I mm-hmm. said, stand up. And when he stood back up, he begins to cry and call out. And he just began to say, amen, like amen, amen, amen. And then all of a sudden, Mama Maria starts saying, amen, amen, amen. And we watch this kid, like his whole face changes, his, his expressions change. He finds liberty. Mm. So when that happens, his mother and his father are nearby praying. So I go over to them and I begin to pray. At this point, our interpreter is there too. And so I say, I say, will you ask the father, do you have like an idol in your house that you think protects you? And so good. And he says, no, we don't have anything. Now, at this point, Mama Maria walks up behind me and puts a finger in their face and says, you have a bird in your house that you believe protects you. You wear it like there's a bird that you wear on your head and you believe protects you. And he's like, yes, I guess maybe he forgot about that. Like sometimes, you know, it's it's become so much a part of his life. He saw it as a hat. He saw it as this thing, not an idol. Could have got lost in translation. And she says, throw it out, burn it tonight. And suddenly we begin to pray. Now, Mama Maria didn't know that I asked them, do you have any idols in your house? And and she didn't speak English and I didn't speak Spanish or I didn't speak Portuguese or Changana. And somehow the Holy Spirit unified us across language barriers. And we saw people delivered and so set good. free and houses set free. Um. Just, man, like, miraculously, it was just yeah, crazy. It's good. Such a bizarre thing. Like, it was just wild. I think maybe that's why when we got to Ecuador this last trip, and I walk into this house, we're doing home visits. <clears throat> oh, my I gosh. walk into this Gary house. Gary hasn't heard the story. Okay. And I see a dead bird hanging on the wall. And I think that's one of the triggers because I remembered mama and the the man in Brazil down the Amazon and there was this bird and I see this dead bird hanging on the wall and I'm like, and it was old and dry mm. and dusty. Not like they had just butchered a chicken. They, and they hunt and you're like hanging it like a, like a, like a Walmart. rabbit's foot or a, yeah. yeah. It's this old dead bird. And then I begin to like look around the house and there's this stuff hanging. Over the doorposts, there's little bags and sticks. Bags and of water. Yeah. With sticks coming out of it. 
And so I'm looking here and there, there are people talking to the woman of the house. There's no man in this house. It's a, a woman and a special needs child that we're praying mm-hmm. for. And so I see this dead bird and everybody's mm-hmm. talking. Part of the team has moved on to another house. And I finally get the opportunity and I say, what is this? But I knew before she ever <laughs> said, what is this? And she was like, my mm-hmm. mother-in-law brought that to me as a gift to protect my house. Whoa. There you go. Typical mother-in-law. I'm just kidding. Hey, Warwick, can you edit that part out? I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> I know he does. I'm just playing. We love our mother-in-law. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 So I tell her, and I'm thinking through this. I can't. I don't no. have time to like <laughs> disciple this woman in in long form over idolatry. How do I explain this? And and in those moments, I think that's prophetic where you where you reach out to God and you need in that moment what to say right now. And I was like, what what do I say? And I felt like, man, the Holy Spirit just guided us. And I said, this is bad. And then I said, dead things only bring more death. Wow. They just, if you filled your house with dead things, they would just bring death here. I said, but God has brought us, the living, to your house to bring life. And they're interpreting. And then um, Pastor Mendoza's daughter, who's now like in the ministry, Lolly, she's jumping in too. And she's saying, and I'm saying, and all of a sudden this little lady gets up there, takes the stuff off the wall, walks out of her house, pulls all these idols down, walks out of her house and throws them off a cliff, walks back in, dusting her hands of these idols. And when, and Kyle was there, when she walks in, she lifts her hand mm-hmm. and she begins to weep in freedom. They begin to sing a song, Libertad, like Liberty, just on the spot, beginning mm-hmm. to see. And, and those are like little examples of, of like supernatural moments where God is bringing freedom. I'm convinced that God's more concerned with your freedom than he is your healing. Because mm-hmm. you yeah. can be healed and then go to hell. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. That, that the the miraculous things, but I never even thought about how we were in the Amazon and, and there's this bird in this house and this man, and then we get there and it's it's again it's birds. I was like, okay, whoa, this is seen crazy. this one before. Mm. Yeah, um, when the Lord's in it and the Lord's moving and people are open, I think liberty should be easy. Freedom can be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about that in, with Pastor Mendoza and the time there was that street. Right, parade, pagan parade mm-hmm. around this around the church, mm-hmm. and you guys just walked out in the street in the middle of a pagan parade and began to minister. Yeah, yeah. don't you think the boldness you have to do that is like is supernatural? Yes, yes, there's yes, yeah, something rises up in you, and you know because we're not. I mean, we I was gonna say we're not stupid. We are kind of stupid sometimes, <laughs> but we're not really we're looking right. for trouble, right? You know, we're not like sitting around like, hey, let's go out and calls up. Yeah, yeah. it's whenever we see injustice or evil, something like in the pit of our stomach says, okay, I need to step in because God has called me here to to be justice or freedom or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because we're not just looking for gangs. It's always just like we see something happen and and, and not always do we step up, but it's like when we get that, that tightness in our stomach, like, oh, when we went, when we first went to La Rinconada, you know, I saw a documentary 
that Will Smith was uh, narrating, and that's why I watched it. And they talked about Larry Kanata for three minutes, and I just mm. jotted it down. It's fixated, like that mountain, just fixated. And I didn't know when we'd go there. I don't know if we'd go there. I really wasn't sure. It's was just like, I'm fixated. I mentioned it at a retreat. I'm like, these are potential places we're looking at. When I mentioned that, I looked over at Gary, who had been listening, and I saw the look in his eyes. And it, I just in, internally went, oh, crap. <laughs> I could see the look in his eyes that we're going. <laughs> like, it's over. Yeah, We're going. And we were there six weeks later. Yes. And in the, in the same sense, uh, this isn't out there yet, but I mean, I guess by the time this airs, it'll, it will have already been out there. But uh, Mike from Japan texted us last week and said, hey, do you have anybody that would come and serve and teach at our school for three to six months? And I was meeting with, uh, I think, Stephen and Warbe and Jeremy. And I saw the text and I just read it out loud. And I looked up at Jeremy and I saw that oh crap look in his face. <laughs> he goes, Same one. He goes, I think we'll do it. I think we'll do it. Let me go call Becca. And he calls his wife and he just presents it to her. She's there like, go. yeah. And then that's it. Game over. And we've just been working on getting there now. And he'll he'll be there January 10th. Wow. Um, yeah. Awesome. I think we've, so we've seen like, and we've discussed like moments of supernatural happenings, whether that be healings, um, divine interruptions and in schedules, the the simple like all the little yeses, we've seen you know deliverance from demonic oppression, possession, however you want to see that. We've seen all this, um, and I would I would imagine if you're listening to this, I I hope that you're being stirred not to hear more stories. But to be a part, whether that's here and you're supposed to pray for someone to find a job or to be healed or jump in on a trip, because these stories are not exclusive to far flung or to us. Um, They are invitations of the Holy Spirit to his people to live like you talked about in the supernatural above the natural. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think. Man, if you are like, oh, I want to hear more stories, you could just take us to lunch. We like um, Bollywood tacos, downtown Chattanooga. Invite (laughs) us and we'll tell you some more stories. Or you could come on a trip Mm -hmm. and see the supernatural work and then hopefully see it work for the rest of your life in your own local town or ministry. Yeah. You know, Brian's hitting on a lot of things. You know, we define what supernatural is. And I know some of you out there listening or watching may think, well, what about the natural realm? Uh, are you saying God's here and he's not here? He's, he's everywhere. He's, he's omnipresent. And, you know, I'm thinking about Charlie and thinking about his method or mode of evangelism. Cause he had a conversation with him at emanate when he came and spoke and I asked him, I said, well, how did you evangelize that country? Uh, it's very difficult, very different. And he said, well, I had to lay aside some uh, bias in my theology. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, we believe, and it's true, that it's an individual decision to follow Christ. And so he began to tell me that he tried all the methods, if you will, that we would normally think are the way to reach people, a.k.a. a crusade. Let's do a big crusade. And he said, it was, you know, there were people receiving Christ, but it really wasn't effective. Now, so the Lord puts upon him this idea 
these people don't have um, bathroom facilities or sewer facilities. Oh, yeah. And so he came up with an idea. I'm going to, if I can't do that and that's not working, let's let's try putting commodes in people's houses and creating places for them to go to the bathroom. Now, you'd, now you know, when you think about launching your ministry, sure. you know, you don't think about launching a commode installation. You know, you're not going to get on uh, – yeah. social media and announce hey i'm starting this ministry and it's a right. putting commodes in houses you know speaking of which buy angel toilet paper buy angel soft toilet paper by the way <laughs> phone heard that and i will be getting pinged shortly <laughs> so anyway charlie begins to do this yeah uh begin to install these commodes well it opened the door for them then him to step into the houses now they get they're going to hear what he's got to say because he showed them you say well nothing supernatural about a commode uh well Yes and no, okay? By him doing that, then that opened the door up for him to be able to speak into the hearts of these people because they saw how much he cared about them. And then they began to follow Christ, yeah. not just in not just family units, but whole villages literally getting turned upside down because a man felt an impression. You know, God's always speaking. He said, "He said, pray without ceasing." We think, "Well, we got to talk all the time." No, He's doing the talking. Pray without ceasing. If you understand, it's a dialogue, not just a monologue. That God's always talking to us. My sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Somebody might say, "Well, He just thought it." No, I believe God spoke to him, even if He don't say, "God said." You know, why do you have to pre preface it with that? Why can't we just accept that in the natural realm, he just decided he's going to help somebody and do an act of kindness and install that? Little did he know, I don't believe he knew this, that all of a sudden the door would swing open and he would begin to evangelize and people be coming to Christ mm -hmm. by the droves. You know, it just opened the door. I love what Kyle talks about and with a, a lady who's been a friend of Far Flung's, like Heidi Baker, and for for maybe a decade, pray for miracles, pray for healing, see none or limited. Mm. And then suddenly a season of miraculous happenings take um. place. Um, and then have like a historical ministry where you see lots of miracles in, in Heidi's ministry in Africa and things like that. Um, I, I want to like encourage us. And, and I think we already have this culture. Mm. The absence of a miracle is not the absence of, of like God. Oh, that's good. That's good. Right? The fact that I haven't seen this miracle does not mean God is absent in the same way like just because suffering is present does not mean that God's not present. Mm -hmm. um, and so thanks for thanks for sharing the stories you guys shared and reminded me I forgot all about some of that stuff. Um, we love to see God work supernaturally and we're just open for it. The cool thing is we don't have to make those things happen. We're not doing any miracles. Right. We're just going to be vessels and pray and let the Lord do what he does. So thanks for jumping in with the Far Flung Tin Can Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening in to today's episode. We pray that it has been a blessing to your heart and that you've enjoyed it. As you can tell, we love to have fun and sometimes we'll just talk about Things that don't even make sense half the time. We'll poke fun on each other sometimes, but you know what? We're brothers and sisters in Christ who just love one another, and we love what God is doing around the world. So, you know, we always say in the office two things. We say everyone goes. Everyone goes. Some go by giving. Some go by going. But everyone goes. And, you know, we really truly believe that. And as we see God do so many things, we realize that the Lord 
He's always going to provide and it's always going to make a way. But it is just really special when we have people just partner with us and say, you know what, we really believe in what you are doing and we really want to support what God is doing through you guys. And so if maybe that's something that the Lord's putting on your heart, and if it is, then we say thank you ahead of time for your love, for your prayer, and for your support. And if you're looking for a trip that you want to go on, go ahead and go on to farflungtincan.com. There you can find a giving link, and you can also find the latest trips that we have and information on things that are going on, all the latest news. Well, listen, right before we go, I just want to ask you to help us with a couple of things. The first thing is go ahead and subscribe to the channel. It lets us know that you're listening, but also it lets you know when we release a new episode. The second thing is share this podcast with everyone you know. We really believe that God is doing amazing, incredible things, not only because we believe it, but we've seen it and we still see it every day. And we want to share these stories with as many people as we can and hope that we inspire others to also go into all the world and make disciples. Hey, listen, we hope you have an amazing, blessed day. God bless, and we'll catch you on the next one.